Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings and welcome to another installment of the Gist for Freedom Estate. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African-American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who with faith and focus are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Hello, this is Shelley Gaines, uh, their host for the Gist of Freedom, September 5th edition, and we're continuing with our coverage of the Democratic National Convention with Gloria Brown-Marshall. Gloria, you on? Yes. Hi there. Okay, we're back. Okay, wonderful. Yes. All right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's see. How would you like to wrap this up as far as what you witnessed tonight? um, What are the keynote topics that really brings home why we should uh, vote for Barack Obama? I'm going to let you have the floor on this. Okay. Well, I'm a professor at John Jay College. I teach constitutional yes. law, and mm-hmm. I've written several books. One of those books is titled Race, Law, and American Society, 1607 to Present. And in that book, I have a chapter on many things, education, property rights, criminal justice is the longest chapter, but I also have a chapter on voting rights. And so I'm very interested in following the political process and making sure that we know when the process is fair and when it isn't. And so the issue of voting rights and voter suppression is something, uh, a topic that Bill um, Clinton raised. And it was interesting, as I sat in the audience of thousands upon thousands of people, one person seated above me said, you know, this is the first time anyone has mentioned voter ID and voter suppression. And that was right after Bill Clinton mentioned it. And I thought it's very Mm. important because at the end of the day, we want people to vote. But if they're facing voter suppression and unfair voter ID laws, then they're going to be frustrated. And people might say, I'm not even going to try to vote. And so all the speeches are great. But at the end of the day, what this convention is for is to get people to vote Democratic, just like what the convention was for for the Republican Party was for them to vote Republican. But the Republican Party members are not facing the type of voter suppression issues that the Democratic um, members would be facing. So I think that's an important part. It was just one small part of a speech that lasted almost 50 minutes. Mm-hmm. But I right. think it was a, a, a part of the speech that I think is pivotal to this uh, result. After we have all the applause, after we have the speeches and feel good and wave our flags and banners and everything for either party, people are supposed Mm -hmm. to vote, not just the people in the stadium today, but also the people listening on television and the people who are going to be affected by the delegates. So if those people out in the world aren't able to vote, then it defeats the whole purpose. Okay, now speaking of the voting population, one population that does vote, and that's your elderly, he did touch upon Medicare. What was your feeling on Bill Clinton's topic of Medicare and how Obama would handle it as opposed to uh, Mitt Romney? Well, I think it was important to understand, as Bill Clinton explained it to us, how Mm -hmm. what Mitt Romney was saying, and his real first name was Willard, actually, and so at some point, 
at some point people are going to have to um, decide when they're going to call him by his true first name as okay. opposed to a made-up name, Nick. So Willard <laughs> Romney <laughs> um, actually has a plan that takes into account the same thing that is well, the opposite of what um, um, Barack Obama was doing. This is the first time it was explained in detail. And I also mm-hmm. heard someone say, you know, oh, he's going on kind of long. But as I said, you you, you could hear a pin drop. People were riveted. Wow. They were yeah. finally having these things explained to them and to me. Because there is a lot of this that, you know, you hear with the rhetoric and the commercials that's never explained in any great detail. I agree, because I, I kind of sat there. First, I just kind of had it on because I knew I was going to speak to you, but I actually started really listening <laughs> and saying, this is, this is I really am starting to understand what's going on and the difference between the two candidates. I thought it was, I thought it was very informational. I like the fact how he went by topic, by topic, by topic. He also mentioned the uh, student loan situation. What's yeah, your take the on that? Yeah, situation and the idea that, you know, in explaining these things, and they've always said Democrats make um, bad sound bite people. I mean, we just don't have good sound bites when you look at the Democratic Party. The Republican Party is excellent with sound bites. Mm-hmm. They're excellent with sound bites, and they know how to put a sound bite together. That's something Democrats haven't been able to conquer. And you saw that even with the, the speech from Bill Clinton, because he went on much much longer than you would see in any Republican speech. The only speech okay. for the Republicans that was that lengthy was um, um, Ryan's speech. And he oh, tried okay. to go in detail and explain things. But Ryan's speech, you know, you could, for some reason, as I was listening to his speech, it wasn't so much that it was completely boring. It was just quite dry. Okay. So it's almost as though he was trying to learn how to be a good storyteller. But mm-hmm. hadn't really been successful yet. He, I mean, I am sure, given the fact that he was a lowly U.S. representative now catapulted onto the international stage, he's gotten you know professional people to come and help him develop his shooting sure. skills. And mm-hmm. so, but either he was trying not to disclose a lot of information, as people have said, you know, there are many fabrications in what he was talking about. But, but also. To, it's, it's almost as though there was a lot of words and little substance. So he spent almost as much time as Bill Clinton, but I didn't come away learning anything. Okay. So do you feel um, with the way Clinton explained it that it sounded like during the Republican convention a lot of what was said was either innuendos or it wasn't completely true it was just you know bits and pieces and kind of misinformation and what's your feeling on that well they've they've said as was pointed out um we're not going to run our our campaign based on fact checker checkers yes well, I, I love that wasn't that yes <laughs> and, so, and so bill clinton said yes that's true they're not running a campaign based on fact checkers so they're so it's like they've been playing fast and loose with the facts and, and not caring because yes. most as you and i both agreed most people mm-hmm. who are listening to this don't get this kind of full explanation they're getting something that's just in a sound bite which as i said before republicans are really good at doing right and and that sound bite is not lending itself to giving full, fully developed information 
that would allow someone to make an educated decision. Absolutely. And then what did he also Clinton also have to say about the poor? What was his statement about the poor during the Well, speech? I don't remember which statement you might be referring to. Um, hmm. Is there anything that stands in your mind? Because we were speaking earlier before, and uh, you I mean, if you have a statement, you can go ahead and say it. I'm not sure. You spoke well, for 48 I, I, minutes. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember a statement. <laughs> you caught me on that one, Gloria. You caught me on that one. <laughs> well, but in the meantime, I want to go back to an issue that okay. I think is very important, and that one is okay. involving the middle class and the discussion yes, okay. time and time again about the middle class. Elizabeth Warren said something I thought was really great, but she said she came from the raggedy end of the middle class. Mm. And this touches on, yes, it touches on something that's important. And once again, I heard someone in the audience say, yeah, that was my family. Mm. The raggedy yes. end of the middle class. Yeah, and the in raggedy mind, end what of would the middle class. What would in that my be mind, it's, it's that group we, you know, we're talking about that the twenty-five, thirty thousand dollar, forty thousand mm-hmm. dollar family that mm-hmm. is trying to act as though it's truly middle class and it isn't. It's barely making it. And if someone gets laid off or there's even a thought that you know trouble comes with the economy, then their whole family system is knocked off the fly. There's no yeah. real wealth. There's no real investment. They're just living paycheck to paycheck. You know, and I think that's a lot of people these days, you know. Um, I really do. What, what's your opinion on that with this economy, that that be, might be more people than uh, originally ha- occurred maybe a couple years ago when maybe Clinton was in office? I believe so. No, I think there's always been the raggedy end of the middle class. Yeah, they were called okay. the working class. So this, right. is, this is why it's so confusing about what constitutes middle class. People have a middle class mindset and a working class income. But, yes. you know, nowadays we have people living in public housing buying $100 sneakers for the kids. So it's a mindset. And mm-hmm. if that mindset is such that, that someone is in their mind, they believe that they're in the middle class, I mean, who are you to tell them otherwise? So well, you can have true. a raggedy end of the middle class. And yes. that end is, okay. some, is a part that's, that's living, literally living paycheck to paycheck, trying to keep up with the illusion of being in a, a higher economic class and, and having more economic stability than they really do. Okay. Well said. Well said. Well said. Now, any impressions on Michelle Obama's speech um, yesterday? I know... You talked about that probably yesterday, but is it, does anything come to mind that you might want to mention today? I know they focused a lot on her during Clinton's speech and getting her reaction, and I, I thought she gave great face during, you know, when they panned to her during Clinton's speeches. Is there anything you want to comment on that? Or Well, you know, I will tell you, there were, those speeches yesterday, all, all of those speeches were great. I mean, I would say that that. The first day was fantastic. Today was very good, too. But, Mm -hmm. you know, Julian Castro's speech was excellent. Michelle, and and it complimented Michelle Obama's speech. And this is how it complimented it. Because Michelle Obama's job as first lady is to make you like her husband. That was Ann Romney's job when she gave her speech, to make you like 
her husband. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, the Democrats have done a very poor job in convincing people that we should vote for Obama because they've done a poor they can't, the administration has done a poor job in the last two years of telling people what the campaign. I mean, what they're campaigning about and why you should vote for him and what he's accomplished. He's accomplished so many things. But if the communications department's not relaying the message, then you don't know what he's accomplished. So what Michelle Obama's speech did, her speech actually went through why he was a great person. Julian Castro's speech went through why you should vote for him and what he had accomplished. Mm hmm Great. Okay. That's that's a very that's a very good point. So we started the day one convention with that segue of why we should vote for him and then Castro's statements on the accomplishments. Then we had Elizabeth Warren come in and, and talk more about um what was the what was what would you say with her broad uh focus for her speech was uh tonight? I I would that Elizabeth Warren, I think the speeches today were, and the speeches yesterday were about what President Obama had accomplished. I mm-hmm. Hello. Hello, Gloria. I believe we are losing Gloria again. Okay. We're going to go to music at this moment and try and get Gloria back on the line. So give us a moment, please. The most militant opponent of Booker T. Washington's philosophy. We are experiencing some technical difficulties. We are trying to get Gloria back on the line to finish wrapping up the second day of the Democratic National Convention, where we had three speakers um, this evening. We had Elizabeth Warren. We had um, Mr. Mr. Uh, Senegal from the Costco. And we also had the former President of the United States, Bill Clinton. Again, Unfortunately, we cannot get Gloria back on the line, so this concludes the second day wrap-up for the Democratic National Convention. This is your host, Shelley Gates, for the Gist of Freedom. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you so much. And we'll be back tomorrow without these technical difficulties, so please join us again for the third day of the Democratic National Convention. Good night.